Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. I can assure you, the Big Bob guarantee this is the only place you need to be for the next 45 minutes is right here with us. On the Brilliant Dumb Show, ladies and gentlemen, I am fired up. I am ready to rock and roll. Phenomenal weekend. I had about five Caesar salads this weekend, and I'm not even counting Friday as a weekend. Saturday and Sunday, we know how I feel about Caesar salads. When I'm eating them, I'm a better person. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's let it rip. Let's let it fly. It's go time. Welcome to the Burnley Dumb Show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Big Game Bob, coming to, you, coming to you on your local airwaves, however you're listening, why ever you're listening. Folks, we're just happy you are indeed listening. Now, I want to jump right into this, and the guy that I want to talk about, we had the Kentucky Derby last week, and we will be going in to check in with our guy, Jersey Jerry, who gave an atrocious pick on a horse uh highly motivated was jersey jerry's pick uh this horse was not motivated in fact this horse is probably still galloping around the track right now just a horrific pick and like i say to jerry all the time you're gonna get some wrong and you're gonna have people on the internet that are gonna give you a hard time the bottom line is if you've been riding with jersey jerry for the past 15 picks He's probably 12 for his last 15. You're going to get some wrong. We're going to check in with him to give his take. This one was terribly wrong. There was nothing even to cheer about, which sucks. I was just hoping for the sake of all the people that bet on it, uh, the win play show bet, that they would at least have something to cheer about throughout the race where the horse was close. This horse was nowhere to be found. Absolutely nowhere to be found. Awful showing from Highly Motivated. But again, it does happen. We'll head over to Jersey Jerry. But before anything, uh, somebody I want to talk about that's been taking over the Kentucky Derby for the past 15 years is a guy by the name of Bob Baffert, famous horse trainer. Uh, This guy fascinates me. First things first. This guy just doesn't lose. Every time this guy has a horse in the Derby, which is ever since this guy's been alive, that horse wins every single time. But what I wanted to say is there is no better famous than a Bob Baffert famous. Bob Baffert is only famous on the day of the Kentucky Derby. For 364 days of the year, Bob Baffert, hides away with cattle and horses on 50 acres in the middle of Texas. And on the 365th day at the Kentucky Derby, this guy shows up to the track like he's the fucking Beatles. Did you see the shades Bob Baffert had running at the Kentucky Derby? These things were no less than $2 million. They definitely look like they were anything less than $2 million. It was fascinating. I mean, I'm just so intrigued by this guy. And he shows up and he is the talk of the town on the one day of the year, the Kentucky Derby. It's like, imagine if the Beatles were just the Beatles one day of the year. Every other day, they just played at local dive bars. They just uploaded their music to SoundCloud or some shit. Bob Baffert is living the dream. Bob Baffert shows up to the dry cleaner one day a year, puts on a million-dollar suit, and heads off to the derby and never loses. Never loses. And, And they call him the horse whisperer, and I totally believe it. I totally believe it. Do you see, after Bob Baffert's horse wins, 
Watch the way when Baffert goes on to the track to greet the horse, to talk to the media, talk with the owner of the horse. Watch the way, watch how quick that horse is to go next to Bob Baffert's hip. And they pose for pictures. This horse is like doing the peace sign with Bob, putting up his hooves or his hooves, whatever the paw of the horse is, throwing up the peace symbol with Bob after they just won their 15th derby in a row. The horse just has its arm wrapped around Bob Baffert. Just got his leg wrapped around Baffert's shoulder. They're posing for pictures together. It's like the horse turns into a fucking human. I've never seen anything like it. It's like a good dog owner. When I'm on a hike out here in Los Angeles, I could always tell who's a good dog owner and who's not. Every time I'm on a hike, I've always been jealous of the dog owner where they don't have to have their dog on a leash. And at any moment, they could just give it a, and this dog just comes flying to the hip. Like it's a nine millimeter, just right on your side in the holster, ready to go at all times. These dogs got the look of a Navy SEAL in their eyes, SEAL Team 6, just ready for action, ready to go on their owner's demand. I've always been very jealous of those dog owners, and I'm a, I'm a dog guy. I'm not a huge dog guy, but I would love to be one of those owners. I just don't know if I could go through all the trials and tribulations that it took for that dog owner to be able just to give one quick <laughs> and have that thing right on its side. I've always been fascinated about that. Those dogs are ready to speak, bark, and move on their owner's command. And I love watching those dog owners. Then you got the other dog owners that just have way too much trust in their dog and way too much faith in their dog. And they got no business not having a leash on this thing. And they just let it roam wild. I'm on a hike the other day. I got this big old pit bull that probably weighs about five pounds more than I do. Just bolting down for me. The thing's just drooling from the side. It's running at me like a fucking human being. And the owner's laughing. Oh, Sparky, come on back. Sparky's about to rip my fucking arm off in front of your eyes, lady. You better get Sparky on a leash fast. And even that might not be enough. They got no business letting these things run wild. They really don't. But then after the Kentucky Derby, you find out about the horse and the life of the horse after. Years down the road, they give a week-by-week update of what that horse is doing, how it's sleeping, the whole nine yards. And after the horse who wins a Kentucky Derby, then they compete for what I believe would be the Triple Crown. Like American Pharaoh went out and won the Triple Crown. And whether they win it or not, once your horse wins the Kentucky Derby, honest to God, that horse's sperm is worth thousands, if not millions of dollars. So all they have that horse doing for the rest of time is just ejaculating, sleeping, and eating. Which for some of you fellows out there listening to the show probably say, wow, that kind of sounds like my weekend, Bob, and maybe so. Hats off to you. But all that horse does for the rest of time is just ejaculate, eat, and sleep. And that thing is worth thousands and thousands of dollars. And I wonder, like American Pharaoh, if they just have this thing ejaculating all day, who's the guy catching the sperm? You know, talk about a tough gig. I always thought like an inventory guy at Macy's had a tough gig. 
something that I really wouldn't want to do. Imagine the designated sperm catcher for American Pharaoh. That ain't an easy thing to do. I couldn't imagine trying to catch my own sperm, yet alone a, a horse's sperm, and put that thing in a cup. Talk about a tough gig. And then what does that sperm catcher do once it has American Pharaoh sperm? Do you take it to FedEx? Sir, is there anything fragile in here? Um, I, I, I'm not sure fragile would be the word for it, but yes. If you drop it, nothing's going to break. But for the love of God, do not let that box spill. And let's do priority shipping on that. As a matter of fact, let's overnight that sperm. That's a tough gig. But uh, the bottom line is uh, this Bob Baffer, it, it's just fascinating. And he comes alive derby after derby, year after year. And one day a year, Bob Baffer is stupid famous, just incredibly famous. I could be sitting next to Bob Baffert at my local deli on a random Tuesday and have no idea who he is. And then I could be sitting next to Bob Baffert at my local deli on the day of the Kentucky Derby and ask for an autograph and probably take a picture with Bob Baffert. He's a beautiful, beautiful famous, that Bob Baffert. And I look forward to seeing what suit he has rocking on next year. Any who... Ladies and gentlemen, here on the Brownly Dumb Show, we are moving on. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we said we were going to get him. We have him in the waiting room right now, ready to rock and roll. Is Jersey's finest to give his take on the Kentucky Derby, his disaster of a, of a pick. Let's bring in the big fella himself. This is Jersey Jerry Gerard Gilfone. Are you with us? Gerard Gilfone. Are you with us? Jerry Diesel, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry, talk to the faithful, would you? What's going on, Bob? How you doing? There is the big fella himself. Now, Jerry, we are recording this right now. It is four o'clock your time. Is that normal for you to have the robe on at four o'clock? Yeah. Yeah, it's normal, Bob. He's got the robe on. He's got the fedora. And, Jerry, there's something I want to bring your attention to. It's a phenomenal fedora that you got going right there. I would just look out to where I think the headphone is crunching up that fedora a little bit. Do you see what I'm talking about there, Don? Yeah, I hear you, Bob. Okay. Are you okay? What the fuck is going on in the back there, Jer? My phone. I'm sorry, Bob. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Bobby. I'm sorry, Bob. I'm sorry, Bob. My bad, Bob. Cut that out. Cut that out, Bob. No, I ain't cutting that. I want to cut that out. I don't want to be embarrassed, Bob. I, oh, I ain't embarrassed you, Don. Everyone, what did you, what, you had a porno going? <laughs> I, it was a pop-up, one of those pop-up ads. Did you just jerk off? No, it was a pop-up. Do you know the, when Don, you click a I'm, different I'm, button? Don, Don, I'm looking at you right now, and I'm thinking... There's no way you didn't just jerk off. You got a robe on. You're a little bit disheveled. The fedora's <laughs> all over the place. Now, you're going to tell me right now you did not just jerk off. You had porn playing? It was a pop-up, but <laughs> the, I just wanted to put a robe on. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right, Diesel. <laughs> 
we're going to let that go. Okay. We got a lot to get to get into Um, something that I wanted to give you credit for Don. Um, We wanted to get into that Kentucky Derby, which I will not be giving you credit for because that was a disaster of a pick. We will talk about. I saw you the other day, we were on FaceTime and you had one of these monster Jersey Mike hoagies, like not the normal hoagies, like the party size hoagie. Yeah. And it amazed me. You put down the whole hoagie. Yeah. I mean, Jersey Mike's is one of the best in the business, especially the 56 or the 59. I think it's the cheesesteak, Bob. Yeah, well, that's what you had. It was a party size cheesesteak. Now, you probably can't move after that, Don. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it. That's one of my favorite cheesesteak spots. It's definitely Jersey Mike's. Do you have to have, if you have a sub, do you have to have it with chips? Like me, I if I'm going to have mm. a sub, I have to have it with chips. Not the cheesesteak, but a cold cut, yes. Cold cuts you have to have with the chips. Cheesesteak you could just eat flat. Yeah, because with the cold cuts, I'll just put the chips inside. You do put the chips inside on that? Yeah, yeah, okay. I like that. But it's amazing to me. I had Jersey Mike's. These guys are just running circles around Subway. I, I, I mean, to me, the fact that Subway is even in the conversation for anybody, I think it's a shame. And I think you Subway used to be okay. Um, yeah. It it is dog meat that they are. Well, any cold cut that's cut into triangles, it's definitely not a good look, and it's definitely shit. That's a phenomenal point, actually, Don, because they do put it in the jar. Why would a cold cut be cut into a triangle? Exactly. It's very weird. I mean, it's definitely not normal. I mean, if you want to talk Jersey Mike's, if you want to talk Jimmy John's, at the top, uh, you know, of, the, of these f- sub franchises, the fact that Subway's in this conversation to me is it, just, I'm like, I mean, it, it is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It, def- it definitely is. Bob, I don't want to backtrack here. Is there a way you can cut that out or no? Hi. <laughs> We're going to have to check with the jet on. Right. <laughs> I know we're live now, but I, I just know wanna... you, you know what the, the bottom line is. We all jerk off. It's okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Do you get a little hesitant? Like we talked about this on the Patreon <laughs> before. Like, do you, Jesus Christ, bro. Don, I've never seen you when you don't have a cough. It's the, it's the friggin' uh, allergies. You have a net, you have a never ending cough. I've never seen it. Yeah. You can't kick it. Yeah. I mean. Maybe it's permanent. Well, what we were saying before, like, do you get worried? Like, if somebody needs to use your phone, do you get kind of worried? Like, you know, a little bit on edge because you don't want them to see what's on there. People are very particular and careful with giving somebody their phone. Yeah, I'm, I'm always like, I don't know. I'm weird like that. I don't like people touching my phone. Um, But I have my browser set up to where it's a permanent delete. Uh, every time you search, it, it automatically deletes. Not after 30 days, right away. So you mean to tell me when you go to jerk off, you do the you do a private browser that automatically deletes it? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll keep the show moving on here, Jerry Don, because we want to talk about the Kentucky Derby. A- yeah. And what we're going to do, it was a, a, a brutal, brutal Kentucky Derby loss. You picked highly motivated, as I said before, who was not very motivated. Um, Just a bit of a disaster of a pick. And you addressed the folks on your Instagram, Jerry, the kid 21 um, after Benny, the jet, if you could go ahead and fire up that clip. Now um, Jersey, Jerry addressing his fans after the horrific Kentucky Derby pick that was highly motivated. Look, I'm sorry. And I mean, it. I'm sorry. 
Uh, I lost a lot of money tonight, but most importantly, I lost you guys a lot of money. Uh, just not my year, I guess, you know? Just sometimes that just it's the way it goes. Uh, pulled over in front of the Cold Stone. I don't even deserve the ice cream, to be honest with you. Uh, to my fans, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was never highly motivated. It was always Bob Baffert's horse. You know, there's you know, there's a comment section below. You want to bash me? Bash me. Go ahead. Ah, uh, this one's gonna sting for a while. This one's gonna sting for a while. Once again, to my fans, I love you guys, and uh, I'm sorry. Don, I, I, I hear that clip and, and mm-hmm. I, I do feel for you. And I've said this time and time again. First off, he was a 10 to 1 dog. And I appreciated you taking a shot like you did. And I think you, you've you reached such a level of people expecting you to hammer and nail your pick every single time um, that, that, that I do feel for you in that sense. And I think a lot of people did. Um, a lot of people lost money, though. Uh, because of you, Don. So I get them being upset, but I'll I'll give you the floor. Just your thoughts on how miserable of a pick that was. Well, you know, I learned one lesson. Uh, let's let's backtrack to Super Bowl and everybody, you know, all over the Chiefs. And I just said over the years, I I learned not to bet against Tom Brady. It's just something you just don't do. And fast forward. Um, to the Kentucky Derby, I should have seen it. I should have seen the signs. One thing you don't ever do in a Derby is bet against Bob Baffert. Now that's Bob the motherfucking that, Bob motherfucking Baffert. That's the best guy in the business. I, I mean, and I, am I a sucker? Yeah, I am a sucker. Am I hurt that I let a lot of people down? Yeah, I am hurt. You know, I mean, just look at my Instagram. You haven't seen me post nothing since that day. I, I mean, I, I'm still getting over it. You know what I mean? It upsets me that I lost people money. Um, but that's just the nature of the business I'm in, you know, and I, I look forward to getting back on track. I'm going to have the Instagram fired up soon, but it still stings, it still stings. And one thing's for sure. What I also should have seen was a jockey by the name of Javier Castellano. Oh, yep. and 14 in the Derby leading up to this one. I thought he was going to win because of the COVID year. You know, it's crazy stuff happens during the COVID year. I said, this is the year he wins it. Um, let, let's just say Joe tears wasn't on the saddle for that one. Joe tears was not on the saddle for that, by the way, rest in peace, Joe tears. And I, and I I got an announcement to make, you know, to the people, uh, you know, one way to get back is doubling down next, next Preakness. Yeah, we could do that, but I'm actually serious this time. Um, I'm in the market to buy my own horse. No, Don, that is, see that, like, Don, that, that is, that is not the way, that's just not the way to play it, Don. You don't lose the Kentucky Derby and this, like, that's not the way to play. You don't just buy your own horse, Diesel. Well, you understand that's, that? that's what my plan is. I want to buy my own. I want to raise my own. I want to train my own and I want to race my own. And that's what we're going to do. Um, and I'm excited. And hopefully within the next couple of weeks, uh, maybe sooner. You know, the people will be getting an announcement. You know, Jersey Jerry buys a thoroughbred racehorse. Jerry, first off, where are you going to keep this co- this horse? Hey, you, you 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 live in New Jersey, okay? Where are you going to keep this horse? I'll keep uh, it in Florida. I'll keep I'll keep it in, in Kentucky. I don't know. I'll keep it somewhere. 
Now, Don, while I do not think that this is the play at all, and, and I really hope you're not actually taking this seriously, and what scares me is I would not be the least bit surprised to actually see you buy a horse. But call me crazy, but when you were in rehab, you actually did work with horses, no? Yes, I did. I, I cleaned the horses up. It was part of our therapy. We would went to the, the, the farm once a week, I think on a Thursday or a Friday, we would do horse therapy, and what we would do is we would take the horses out, put them in the stable, clean up the stable, clean the horse's hooves, um, put the horseshoe on. I mean, we did a lot of stuff. We would, you know, not not race the horses, but we would ride them around the little tiny track, small track, and it was a blast. And that's, you know, really my first experience being with horses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, kinda, uh, you kind of <laughs> sound like a horse with all the different noises <laughs> coming at coming out of you diesel but diesel just because you've trained horse and i think that's commendable and i think that's great you don't just lose to bob baffert and say i'm gonna buy my own horse and take on bob baffert there's a lot more that you would think that goes on with the training of the horse and by the way it can't be cheap to buy a horse don yeah no it's definitely not cheap um that's why I know I don't know, you know, obviously if I buy a horse towards the end of his career, you know, he's going to have a tough time competing at some of these big races. Now he can't compete at the Derby because those are for young horses, but maybe some other, you know, races he can compete at. And maybe, you know, from there he makes me some money and I could buy a big horse. You know what I mean? But Don, this, and, and look, <sighs> I'll support you regardless, but I do like to call you when you have something, you know, that I, that I advise against that I think is, is, is for, for lack of a better word, ridiculous. Yeah. And one of these ideas, I do try and kind of talk you out of it. And it's not like raising a, you know, a French bulldog, which you have your license for and breeding those. You don't just buy a horse, Don. Like that's a, that's a big move, Don. No, def definitely a big move. De I, you know, and like another thing too, you 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 live with your mom, so wouldn't you have to run it by your mom that hey, I'm gonna buy a horse? I mean, eventually down the line, I'd have to run it out, or maybe I'll just surprise her. You never know. Does have you told her that you're gonna buy a horse? Does she know this? I've informed her before in the past. I think we both did at one point. You know what I mean? She wasn't fond of it. You know, we, we brought the idea up to her a while back. I don't know, maybe about six, seven months back. She wasn't fond of it. Um, you know, but, but you know, I'm a grown man, Bob. And, you know, I, I do what I got to do. And if that's one way to get back and uh, make myself feel a little bit better about losing that Kentucky Derby, it's something I just got to do. Now, you say she wasn't fond of it. I, I think she probably threw a fit. Diesel. Yeah, she did. If she I did. asked you to call Miss Gilphone right now, okay, to tell her that you're going to buy a horse, you think that she'll be just not fond of it? You don't think that she'll freak out? Um, I mean, I think, I think she, I think she'd get a little bit upset. Can you call her, Jerry Don, and let her know that you're thinking about buying a horse so that the folks of the show can hear what this conversation sounds like? Is that doable, Jerry Don? Yeah, I could, I could try to. I Here we come, to... ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Gerard Gilphone is going to call Miss Gilphone uh, to let her know that he will be buying a horse. Bring that right to the speaker, Jerry Don. Here yeah, she comes. Ma. Yeah, bro. I got good news. I don't want to hear nothing bad, Gerard. I'm really having a bad day, and I just want to go and take a shower, go to bed. I'm in the running to buy this to buy this horse, 
but we're not going to have to spend a lot of money. It's on the tail end of its career. What are you crazy? What the fuck are you going to do with a horse? Raise it. We can keep it somewhere. What are you out of your fucking mind? You think Aunt Laura would let it would let us keep it there? Or no? no, she don't have it no more. She got rid of the horse. She can't keep it in her backyard. You're gonna have to pay for hay and everything. What are you fucking a sick soul, you motherfucker? That didn't, that, that didn't work out too good, but <laughs> I got new to <laughs> Don, you ain't buying a horse. Let let Bob Baffert keep the horses, would you? Oh, that was spectacular. Just spectacular. (laughs) Miss get just the gift that keeps on getting. Don, you ain't buying a horse. There's just no way. But but what what amazes me, and when when you watched Javier Castellanos win this race and i didn't know that he was he was on top of this jockey he was on top of the winning horse when you hear one of your most iconic clips is john velasquez bob john velasquez who did i say javier holy shit javi uh john velasquez he rode authentic the famous johnny v who rides authentic who ended up winning for you winning us a lot of money when you hear this clip okay of you cheering on Johnny V who's riding the horse authentic. It amazes me that you wouldn't pick a horse that he's riding. Now I would never doubt your horse picks. This is your business, Jerry Don turns out maybe literally I'm going to play this clip jet. Let's fire up another clip. This is when Jerry Don won for both me and him. We won a lot of money on Johnny V who was riding authentic, a classic Jersey Jerry clip jet. Let it rip. Stay in front, Johnny V. 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 Get him up there, Johnny V. Stay up there, Johnny V. Stay up there, Johnny V. We did it. We did it. A horse of a lifetime. Don, do you watch with Johnny V that that was actually my first thought um I just didn't like Medina's spirit I didn't like the way he raced I I don't know man you know I I just seen highly motivated I seen him race the favorite in that race was was uh um whatchamacall more noises sorry you've got more things coming out of your body at any given notice it is it is a 12-piece orchestra you're running here, Don. <laughs> but I've seen him race the favorite at, at, at the Kentucky Bluegrass, and I just said to myself, it's a flashback from last year when Authentic was racing against the favorite a couple races prior to the Derby. I said, this could happen again. It actually will happen again, and just highly motivated. It, it just had – it was running with cement shoes on, Bob. Done. Running with cement shoes on. You, you 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 did not get the Kentucky Derby pick, okay, and that's okay. What you did advise me well uh, was going with Jersey Mike's over a, a subway ever again. Yeah, and I'll always appreciate you for that, and I'll love always love you, Jerry Don. I hope to God you don't actually take the plunge and buy a horse for the horse's sake and yours. Uh, but I appreciate you, and I love you, Jerry Don. 
on to the next pick. We will go. Jerry Diesel, we will see you next week. The kid will be back. Do not count out the young man out of New Jersey. Jersey Jerry. Seeing the funny papers. Seeing the funny papers. And now, ladies and gentlemen, back by popular demand. It is indeed back. That is everybody's favorite segment. You asking me on the show. It's the Ask Bob segment. We, the show now, the Brilliant Dumb Show, has our own voicemail. I love doing these calls. I think it creates the fan engagement. I like hearing from you folks, not just in the DM, on here, on the airwaves. I think it's great. I really do. They are back. We have the number for the voicemail. If you want to call in to the Brilliant Dumb Show, 848 281 Seven nine zero six. That's eight four eight two eight one seven nine zero six. Benny the Jet. Let's rattle off the first one here. Hi Bob. Real important question here. Now, when it comes to bringing donuts into the office, I go and select a dozen. I'm thinking Sydney. She wants some sprinkles. Lori, you know, she's just gonna take some chocolate with white icing. But what do you think of the guy that just goes in there and says, hey, I'll take a dozen assorted. I find it lazy. You know, nobody wants that donut with the white frosting and the crushed peanuts on it. Nobody wants that. It just goes uneaten. Just want to get your opinion on that. Thanks for your time. First things first, I, I don't know who it was or, or, or where they were calling from, but but whoever it was, this is a phenomenal question. This is. I, I, I think this is spectacular. This is why we do the voicemail. Um, in regards to the donut guy, first off, it, it's something that it it is so good to be that donut guy. Just bite the bullet one time out of the month, one time every two months. Go be that donut guy. Go be that bagel guy. I just think it goes such a long way in the office. Um, I really do. And and by the way, you could be the bagel guy without even having to be the bagel guy. A lot of times what I would do is I would go into the office, see somebody that just had breakfast, and then ask them, hey, I'm going to get bagels, Jesse. Do you want anything? Me knowing that Jesse's not going to want anything, he just had a bagel. Jesse could be a she too. She just had a bagel. So you could throw out the offer that goes a long way, even though you know they're going to say no. It's like going and getting them bagels without even having to go and get them bagels. For example, my dad, something that he used to do as a salesman, I thought this was absolutely brilliant. He would get a certain amount of Yankee tickets to him. He would get those packaged Yankee tickets. Say he gets five Yankee tickets. What he would do is he would call every customer first that he knew was not going to accept the Yankee tickets and offer it to them. This way, it's like he gave them the tickets without giving them the tickets. You're checked off the list for offering the tickets, even though he knew damn well they were never going to accept them. But still, even though that customer says no, they're thinking to themselves, wow, what a nice thing for Mike Berger to do, offer me Yankee tickets. There was no way he was going to accept them, but you still offered them. Now, when that same customer comes up on Elton John tickets at the Garden and offers them UA, you actually like Elton John. So next thing you know, you're sitting fifth row at Elton John John concert, all because you offered tickets to somebody that you knew they were never going to accept. And it crosses you off the list. 
I see somebody in the office that just ate their lunch. I say, hey, Johnny, I'm going to pick up some Thai food. Do you, can I get you anything? No, I actually just ate lunch. Are you sure you don't want anything, Johnny? Not even a little spring roll? Nothing at all? Johnny just had a full meal. Of course he doesn't want Thai. So I just got Johnny Thai food without getting him Thai food. Everybody wins. Check yourself off the list. But when you are that donut guy, because eventually you do actually got to deliver, um, I, I totally agree with this take. When you get a variety pack, I, I think it, it is taking the easy way out. I really do. You could go to Dunkin' Donuts. You could get a variety pack of 12. You could open that donut case and know exactly what donut is not going to be eaten. Or the most undesirable donut in there you know. Everybody loved the glazed donut. Do not be afraid to get eight glazed donuts. Don't be afraid to do it. Don't feel the need to automatically just go with the variety pack. Get the eight glazed and then have some fun with the other four. Don't be afraid to do it. I totally think that's the easiest way out. I really do. I find that to be a little lazy. Appreciate the gesture, but a little bit lazy in my opinion. No question about it. If I go to pick up a dozen bagels and I say to the bagel shop, you pick 12, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I can look into that bag of dozen bagels and know exactly the bagel that's not going to be eaten or just going to be the last bagel in the bag to where that person has to take it. Don't be afraid to go six poppy, six plain. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to go six glazed, six sprinkled donuts. Don't fear that. It's not the lazy way out. Give the people what they want. But the fake offer is the best play out there. You got Yankee tickets? Offer it. Go down your contact list. If you have Yankee tickets, go down your contact list of friends and call the first 10 friends that you know would never want to go to a Yankee game and that you're sure are going to say no, and you offer them their tickets. Offer them. You're checked off the list as a phenomenal gesture without having to complete the gesture or execute the gesture. It's a beautiful thing. Anywho, next question here on the Brilliant Dumb Show voicemail. I love these things. Hey, Bob. Alex Ferrigno here, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, huge fan of the Bob blog, longtime watcher, listener, first-time caller. Uh, i got a question or two for you here. Out of all the courses you've played, what would be the first to come to mind as a suggestion for an all-time guy's trip? And I'm talking all-time. Also, if you were to have one pro from the tour be a guest appearance on the Bob blog, who would it be and why? Tell me it's Bubba. Yeah, just a phenomenal question there, Alex. I, I think, not even think, I know, hands down, um, it, it's got to be Pinehurst. And and if you heard us talk about it on the four-play pod with the you know, the Barstool four-play boys, um, it, uh, the Pinehurst golf course is golfer's paradise. It's it's golfer's heaven. Um, even me going down, me, Joey Coldcuts, back nine Chuck, and Fat Perez were down there. And a lot of you guys probably saw Fat Perez uh, this weekend on my story. Guy's an absolute electric factory. But 
Piner's Golf Course is an experience like no no other. There's nine courses. Everybody's there to golf. It's not like a resort that you go to. Some people are golfing. Some people are with the fan. Everybody there is there to golf. And it it is one of the only times for – Quite a while that I could remember. Yes, we were getting content from that perspective where I totally just shut off, where I wasn't on social media, checking DMs, all that stuff. We went on this trip and I just shut off. And it was incredible. It was, we were with the boys, we were golfing. They have the cradle, which Riggs talked about, a par three course. You go on with your bare feet. Everybody's drinking. There's music playing. Then you go on to these nice courses like Pinehurst number two, Piner's number four, all these different courses, just golf fanatics. Um, It's incredible. And the love that we got there, the Bobby Fairways fans that we had out there made the experience that much better, especially with the golf demographic uh, that we have. A lot of times we go out onto the golf courses. That's where we'll get recognized most. Pinehurst, it was left and right. And it was just, it was so cool interacting with all the fans um, and whatnot. So from a golf experience, if you're going to go out with the boys, you're going to go golfing with the boys. Pinehurst in North Carolina is an experience like no other. I think you have got to do it um, for a guy's trip, bachelor's party, whatever it is. That is without question uh, the, the place you go. As far as the nicest course I've played, um, to me, Pinehurst was an experience. The nicest course I've played was Shadow Creek Golf Course in Las Vegas. Um, you know, Las Vegas, the whole thing is just the desert, except for this one spot in Shadow Creek, um, which is like the most prestige course that I've ever been on. Um, and we, that was where we had Dre the caddy who was drinking with us and we just had an absolute bowl. That's where cold cuts got the shrimp cocktail, um, on the six hole, which is something I've never seen before. Um, but truly, truly that, that that's probably the nicest course golf experience. I think you got to go with Pinehurst. Um, and then if I could have one person on the golf vlog, uh, the Bob vlog, I would say without a doubt, and I know you wanted it to be Bubba Watson, it it would be Bubba Watson. I think there's too much history um, between the show with my fans, um, between me and Bubba Watson, that I just think it would have to be Bubba without question. Without question. I do wonder to what degree Bubba knows who I am. If he does, I wonder that all the time. So I would be curious to ask him and just how many times he hears not today, Bubba, um, on the course. I would have a lot of questions for him. And I myself would be very curious to see how that goes, to see if we end up being friends, which you know, who knows, or if we just start going at each other, which I don't think he would ever actually come on. Um, I had a contact through his manager to where I thought Bubba Watson was going to come on the podcast. And they originally were all for it. And then they asked for my social media handle and whatnot. As soon as his manager got the social media handle, and then I think looked into me into the not today Bubba videos and stuff. I had not heard back. So I was all excited. I thought for sure, I actually got a DM back from Bubba Watson um, of email who to contact to get him on the podcast. So it was close. As soon as I sent that, um, he was out. So I would not expect to see Bubba Watson on the Bob vlog anytime soon, but with the history between the show, me and him, I think for sure, if I had my pick of the letter, I'm without a doubt going with Bubba Watson. Ladies and gentlemen, 
That is the Brindley Dump Show. I'm Big Game Bob coming to you weekly, forever and always. Patreon folks, we will see you Friday. We got happy hours that come on the weekly episodes, folks. If you like the Brilliantly Dumb Show, you want to support, you want to take it to that next level, get the extra content, come join us on that Patreon. The link is in my Instagram bio. It's on my TikTok bio. Come join us. It's an absolute blast. It's a family. We do a weekly happy hour. You get bagel reviews that we're doing on there. You get an extra podcast on Fridays. Uh, We're doing the cooking with Bob on there. It's just an absolute ball. If you want the extra content, you want to continue to support the show, please get signed up to that Patreon. We will see you over there. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a ball. We will see you next time on the Brilliant Lidum Show. Have a damn good week. Take care now, folks.